0: Welcome to the F&B Podcast. I'm Sahith.
1: And I'm Aurea. Today we will be talking about something that is a really major topic, and that is pollution and global warming. Uh, So I have a question for you, Sahi, to start this off. So basically a lot of people get the two terms confused, global warming and climate change. What I'm going to ask you is, are they, is global warming and climate change the same thing or are they different and what makes them different, like could you provide examples and definitions for each place?
0: Yeah, so global warming and climate change are often, the words are often used interchangeably but they're actually quite different. So to start off, climate change is a long term change in the average weather patterns that have come to define Earth's local, regional, and global climates. Um, these changes have a broad range of, of observed effects that are synonymous with the term. So that's what climate change is. Really it's the world or Earth's changing climate on its own on a natural level versus global warming, which is the long-term heating of Earth's climate system observed since the pre-industrial period, which is between 1850 and 1900. Um, due to the human activities, primarily fossil fuel burning, which increases heat trapping greenhouse gas levels in Earth's atmosphere. So basically what that means is that global warming is how much of climate change that humans um, how how humans change the climate in a bad way in that in a negative way. So basically how humans are, heating the earth using fossi- burning fossil fuels. So yeah, that, that kind of answers your question. And that's a huge misconception that a lot of people don't understand um, or don't read into it. They just assume, especially the people who argue that um, global warming isn't real. Some people even say climate change isn't real, which is completely ridiculous because as we just mentioned, climate change is just the natural change of weather that the um, earth experiences naturally.
1: So, thank you for that. Um, So, adding on to the point you said, uh, where some people do not uh, believe in climate change and global warming, which I agree with you is um, nonsense. Um, What do you think is a reason for these people to believe such things? Um, I mean, I obviously have my own opinion on it. I I believe it's somewhat to do with these large corporations um, influencing, kind of forcing propaganda down people's throats. Uh, as you said earlier, climate—or I'm sorry, no—global warming arose due to human activities such as like fossil fuel burning. So that can be traced all the way back to whenever we first started using oil, and then the first large oil corporations with um, Rockefeller, um, and so on and on and on. So, so yeah, I believe that people believe that things such as global warming are real because of propaganda created by industries, but. Uh, What do you think is a cause for this sort of belief in a lot of
0: people? Well, first of all, they don't look into, they hear someone say something on TV or on Twitter or on Facebook, Instagram, or some kind of TikTok or something that, and people say complete garbage, like non-factual stuff, and they believe that instead of going and researching for themselves, looking at the sources, looking at the science, looking at the facts, and then coming to their own conclusion which it's a problem in a lot of different areas, not just global warming. Um, I also think it is important to differentiate between climate and weather. So weather refers to atmospheric conditions that occur locally over short periods of time, um, from minutes to hours or, or, um, or days even. So familiar examples include rain, snow, clouds, winds, floods, or thunderstorms. While climate, on the other hand, refers to the long-term regional or even global average of temperature, humidity, and rainfall patterns over seasons, years, or decades. So there is also a bit of a difference, actually quite a lot of difference, between climate and weather. So when you're talking about climate change, it's over a long period of time, and weather is just like, you look at the weather to see what's happening in that day. Climate's looking at a bigger um, picture, like a season, year, or decades. yeah, so I think basically to answer your question, it's just misinformation and people not trusting the facts, rather trusting some random person on uh, social media. And there, people are talking about different ways to stop climate change or not climate change, sorry, global warming or um, prevent it or reduce it rather. And I don't believe any of the ways put out are that great of ideas, I think we need a better um, plan for it. I mean, obviously there's these big corporations burning fossil fuels, which is a big um, part of it, and obviously probably the most part of it, but the solutions that um, people are putting out there aren't quite right, there are many flaws with it, so uh, I'm just curious, how do you think, do you agree what, what, um, with what, how people are tackling this problem? Um, Or do you have another solution or solutions for it? Uh,
1: Could you elaborate kind of on what... Sorry, I'm not familiar with... But I'm not familiar with what most people uh, believe is a good way to combat it. So uh, could you um, maybe elaborate on it for... I know a lot of people believe, um, you know, switching to electric cars or electricity or using solar panels or such things. Is, is that kind of what you're getting at, that belief?
0: Yeah, basically, yeah.
1: I don't think that'll work because, <clears throat> um, so yeah, so I guess electric cars, solar panels, trend less, more walking, biking, public transit, I guess even carpooling to an extent. I think this is all great, but those methods, for those methods to work, we need a lot of time. It will not work any time in the future anytime in the near future in my opinion Uh, because if we're if we're trying to solve global warming it has for it to work it has we have to be solving it at a faster rate than it's occurring and global warming pollution is at a mass scale every day so for so the amount of eco-friendly energy that we need to be using per day to combat global warming is up out of the charts and I just don't think that we can accomplish that with things such as solar panels just because it's just so costly and we know companies who create solar panels aren't gonna reduce the cost just for the country because they care about money. But so yeah, I do not agree with what most people think will work. Um well yeah, I don't agree because I don't think we're healing at a rate fast enough to combat how we're hurting the country the the world. Uh I believe there honestly is no solution that will really work because if we look at it in a way where we take into consideration what the corporations want, they're never going to switch to things that are eco-friendly because they rely on fossil fuels. And without using fossil fuels, an entire industry of majority of the automobiles just dies. I don't think those industries are going to allow that to happen. So I just don't think the corporations are going to cooperate because at the end of the day, money is really all they care about.
0: Um, So do you think the um, government has to get involved in this? I have my own opinion. But do you think the government has to start imposing rules that companies have to or they have to start being more climate friendly?
1: Well, obviously, I think they should. I think they've already... implemented a, a bunch of these policies but well don't get me wrong I don't think the government should be intervening that much in the economy because you know it is a capitalistic economy competition is fair but even the government if we're realistically speaking doesn't want fully eco-friendly um, industries because overall it's the government that's looking good when these industries are racking in trillions and trillions of dollars per year making our economy look good so I don't really see why the government would really stop what the industries are doing right now other than just looking good for the citizens because at the end of the day, like I said, it's the government that looks good when the, the industries that are destroying our world are racking in trillions of dollars a day. Um, if we look at countries such as, like, I know India and China, they have a lot of pollution. Uh, so yeah, so,
0: for example, like China, let's say, it, it's... Um its government is more or less communist-like and its um, economy is kind of capitalist, but there's still some intersection between the two. So how do you think they, they clearly ha- the government can do basically whatever they want with the economy, they have control over it and, it and at all times. So what do you think, especially for a country like China and other countries, but especially China, because it's a huge contribut- contributor to, um, to Global warming. So how do you think their government can stop these things especially since it's it's more like a communist kind of country?
1: Well, as you said because they have total control over their citizens, I I think they they could stop it in their country at least. They could implement a lot of programs and a lot of things and such, but I know they have no. I know at the the top of their tier list is um, economical success, just like any other country. Uh, Just an example when they're not polluting their own country, they're destroying other countries. They are funding um, large scale um, deforestation projects of the Amazon because they want land for farming and cropping soybeans. It's a huge economy in China. And so. Not only are they affecting their own country and their continent, they're destroying the entire world because behind the ocean, the Amazon is the second biggest provider for natural oxygen in our world. So theoretically, yes, China could stop their, sorry, they could stop their um, pollution and global warming in their country because it is communist, they could, they can intervene in their economy all they want, but are they going to do it, no, because I think they've tried. To implement even less policies on pollution than us has i mean at this point if you look visit china everyone just wears a mask whether there's COVID or not because of the thick layer of smog that surrounds the city so i think as weird as it sounds that this pollution has just become part of their culture they've just accepted that it can't go away and this is never a good attitude to have because they're never going to solve it then uh so you want to say something
0: yeah so actually if you look at the charts. The United States is actually the country with the largest cumulative um, emissions since 1850 to present day by a huge scale, I mean huge. So really I should be asking you how should the United States combat this global warming issue?
1: I think the government really has to crack down on, again I'm not saying this will happen because when you think about it it's nearly impossible. But. I think they should really crack down on these industries that are affecting the environment: um, oil industries, fuel industries, automobile industries. I mean, even companies like, um, like Ford, GM. The big, they're n- yes, they're making some electrical cars, but it's just the vast majority of the things they produce is all fossil fuel based, and I don't think that any of anything that the government does at this point will help anytime soon unless they completely ditch their laissez-faire type of capitalism and they completely intervene, which I don't think will happen because, again, as I said, the government is what is, is profiting from all this pollution when you look at it really because these companies, these industries, such as the oil industries and automobile industries in America or any country, they're the, they're the industries that are racking in trillions of dollars for the country. So why would the government intervene? I think at the end of the day, money is at, is at the top of everyone's priority list and I think the welfare of Earth is sort of really low. Uh, when you look at things like Earth Day, the fact that people take their time to clean up once a year shows that things like Earth Day were created just to take our fears off of the growing the growing destruction of our environment. Uh, I think the government imposes all these new, um, new Policies and stuff for global warming every day, just to make our citizens feel better about it. But you know, I really don't think they're doing anything. So, yeah, I, I really don't see any way to solve it. So I completely disagree. Well, not completely disagree. I agree that we should start transitioning to more electrical cars and solar panels if possible. But I really don't think it's realistic, and I really don't think people should have their hopes up on this. Um. So, is there anything one you added?
0: Yeah, I just want to put out some hard numbers out there about global warming. So, though natural cycles and uh, fluctuations have caused the Earth's climate to change uh, several times over the last 800,000 years, our current era of global warming is directly attributable to human activity, especially um, to our burning of fossil fuels such as coal, oil, gasoline, and natural gas, which results in the greenhouse effect. So in the United States alone, the largest source of greenhouse gases is in transportation, 29%, followed closely by electricity production, 28%, and industrial activity, 22%. Now obviously these numbers don't add up to 100, but they, there are obviously other smaller contributors, contributors to global warming, but these are the big contributors. And there's also very strong evidence for global warming. Um, accumulation of heat in oceans is the strongest evidence of rate of rapid global warming and this is due to heat trapping gases released from burning fossil fuels and within two decades global global temperatures are expected to go up 1.5 degrees Celsius now that may not seem a lot like a lot but it actually is a huge amount and um, yeah so those are just some numbers out there and I t- also agree with you that the plans put out there to encourage people to use more electricity, eat more vegetables is one of them, um, walk and bike to your area of um, where you're going instead of using automobiles that use gas. Um, those are effective on some level, but I, I think there should there needs to be, we haven't found something larger that could help us. and I, I don't know what that is either, but it, that's something that we need to take into consideration. And you have all these people like um, Greta Thorn- Thunberg, or what, what's her name?
1: Greta Thunberg, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, uh, advocating, saying old people are ruining the gen- this generation, all that stuff, but really they, they're, they're not imposing anything that's, or they're not advocating for anything that's in the long term gonna help us. I mean in short term, it may slowly, slowly, slowly help us, but in the long term we need a bigger and faster um, thing to stop or to reduce global warming.
1: And just a funny little thing on Greta Thunberg. So her whole thing is how the older generation is kind of screwing us over. Uh, And a lot of people may may or may not know that she supposedly sailed in, so on a completely eco-friendly boat, into the meeting she sailed in by wind or row or whatever. Actually, her boat was transported to the middle of the body of water by a plane that, again, used eco, um, non-eco-friendly things such as fossil fuels. So it just shows that there's really no getting rid of fossil fuels. So, yeah, just a little thing. So back to you, Sahith.
0: Um. So it, I don't even care if they, if they use, like, let's say she, she's obviously an advocate for reducing global warming, as we all should be. Um, the thing I don't like is that she claims to have used a boat, to, a sail to come to... Where did you say she, she came from?
1: I'm not sure where the conference or anything took place, but she was seen sailing into the conference, so on a boat that didn't use any fossil fuel.
0: Okay, so did she claim that she also did? did he, he sailed in specifically? Did she claim that?
1: She, yeah, she did. She... To improve a point she told everyone how she sailed in and she did not have any mention of the plane that actually transported uh, her boat
0: uh, yeah so that's my that's my problem with it that you claim that you came only on a sailboat or whatever boat it was something that didn't use fossil fuels and then you actually don't you have a plane come and help you uh, bring the boat at a certain location that's that's what I don't like and that, that just shows the the incompetence and the lying that these people the hypocrisy that they they tell you to start biking to work, and then they come on their fancy little plane all the way in the middle of the ocean and claim they're being so eco-friendly. So, yeah, that's, that's another topic. But, um, yeah, so I just threw out some hard fa- uh, numbers out there. And, you know, in a, Antarctica, there's um, a lot of uh, ice glaciers melting, and it's disrupting the whole ecosystem of the animals there and that that contributes a lot to global warming and also climate change but mostly because of global warming so yeah that's another problem the ecosystems of animals and um, I also have to add to that the the, um, pollution a pollution with plastic so about 9 percent of all plastic ever made has likely been recycled Um, that's actually considered the statistic of the year so um, Yeah, 9%. Only 9% is recycled. The rest is thrown, and a lot of it is thrown onto the shores of many bodies of water, which is terrible, and as we know, and a lot of people know, that leads to um, fish or animals in the ocean getting dying. So, yeah, you actually have something to say about that, right, Arya?
1: So, yeah. So, as you mentioned, Sahi, the plastic obviously is a huge factor to destroying our ecosystems um, I'm trying to pull up a fact here so some 18 billion pounds of plastic flows into the ocean every year and uh, this is just overwhelmingly bad because 18 billion pounds of just when you think of plastic it's not a dense material when you think of how much it takes to be 18 billion pounds it just really puts into skill um, So there was recently, not recently, but there was a documentary called Sea Spiracy. It's on Netflix. It's a great watch. It really revealed the truth about how much our ocean is being damaged and how fast of a rate we are accelerating towards an Earth without nature. Um, As we know, the ocean is a huge part of our lives, not just because, I don't know, it's aesthetically pleasing or whatever people like to do with the ocean it actually creates more oxygen than the amazon rainforest for this planet so when you look at it that way it is the leading cause of behind trees as a general it is the leading cause of creation of oxygen um in our world uh and a little fact on this it's not really related but the oxygen does come from whales mostly when the whales are going up and releasing their oxygen as they do anyway so The fact that plastic is in the oceans is bad and all, but I think this is not the main... It is a really big reason, sorry. It is one of the main reasons, but there is also another huge reason for why our oceans are just dying. That is often
0: overlooked. That is often overlooked.
1: It's often overlooked a lot, and uh, it's also a reason that... Because if the oceans are dying, our planet's dying. But anyway, it's also a reason that our oceans are dying, and... It is overfishing. Um, Overfishing happens on a large scale. I mean, every single day these companies go out. These companies that supply the fish that you eat on your table, unless you catch it wild, I don't know. But these companies that supply fish on your table every day are overfishing at unreasonable rates. I mean, they are killing fish at incredible rates that should not be practiced at all. Um, and it's not just fish, it's sharks. There's a whole shark industry because of shark fin soup, you know. There's a whole tuna industry. Tunas are so hunted in Japan that only 3% of Pacific bluefin tuna remain. 3%. Um, and they're killing dolphins not for eating it, but because dolphins are competition in fishing. So yeah, it's just a whole mess. Um, so... The fact of the matter is that these companies are going out into the ocean, capturing trillions of fish, so billions of pounds of fish every day, and only a certain amount of these fish are actually edible, and the rest is released as bycatch. And what bycatch is where they just release these fish in the nets directly, so many of them don't even make it out alive. They just release these fish wherever, wherever they want. And so it displaces these fish, Sharks, dolphins, whatever, it displaces this wildlife and it completely ruins the ecosystem and this really is not good at all. It's, it's really going to make everything go extinct. Um, going into a little bit of sharks. Um, sharks kill 10 people per year, whereas due to all this overfishing and bycatch in these companies, 11,000 to 30,000 sharks are killed per hour. So that just there's only a certain amount of sharks out there, and so 50 million sharks are killed every year as bycatch. That's just bycatch. When you think about how many sharks are killed to go into the shark fin soup industry, it's just boggling. 80 to 99 percent of um, a lot of sharks, such as hammerhead, bull thresher, have lost have lost their populations uh, in the last two decades. 99 uh, percent of their population has been gone. Um, a lot of countries also encourage whale hunting because it's indigenous of some sorts, but as I said before, whales are a major cause for regulation in the sea and um, oxygen production. And so anyway, going back to the main topic, uh, overfishing. So you may be saying, yeah, but there's a lot of companies out there that I see when I go and buy. They're labeled as um, dolphin friendly, eco safe, all of the above. Um, They have these little labels on it that says administered by whatever, whatever fishing company. But the fact of the matter is there are designated companies that provide these labels for a company being eco-friendly or dolphin safe. So these companies, their job is to administer these sort of proctors, if you will, to go administer the fishing of, of the fishing industry companies to make sure that they're practicing correct fishing methods and they're not overfishing. So this sounds like, oh, then then how is there overfishing, you're just completely lying to me, are you? No, the fact is that these companies that administer the fishing don't even send their officials out onto the boats where the fishing occurs, meaning they just blindly give a label to any company that applies. I, I could run a company that fishes half of the sea population out in one day. If I apply for a label to be dolphin safe, I get the label. That's how it works. Um, also, the documentary revealed a shocking revelation. In some bays of Japan, there, it's almost a North Korean type complex to just defend the secrets of the, the dark, dark or fishing matter. They did not let the crew film. And the crew shortly found out that these companies, these major fishing companies in Japan, would trap dolphins in a cove and slaughter them. And you may be thinking, well, you know, how is it any different from slaughtering sharks for food? They're not slaughtering these dolphins for food. They're slaughtering these dolphins because these dolphins are potential competition for fish. They don't want the dolphins to eat fish. They think that dolphins surviving is a reason they're getting less fish. Therefore, they're getting less profit. Um... So when you look at when you look at it that way, it's just unbelievable that companies are so greedy. And it goes back to my point where I really don't think anything is gonna be able to happen to solve to solve um to solve global warming because at the end of the day everyone's concerned about money. Another fact that we got from the documentary is uh I'm quoting it here. Only five percent of the ocean are marine protected areas. Only five percent of the ocean only five percent of the ocean and 90 percent of this five percent allow fishing so 90 percent of the five percent of protected areas not even protected because you know you may be saying okay maybe they're just protecting the dolphins no because the dolphins are bycatched and the dolphins are going to be displaced and killed so when you think about it that way there's just really no hope because countries really don't care when it comes to eco-friendly things. They just want money. Another another fact, this, these are some hard facts. The fishing industry receives 35 billion in subsidies. That just shows that even though people know what the fishing industry does, they still receive so much subsidies and fundings that it's crazy. Um comparatively, so when you look at how much of these subsidies is they're receiving 35 billion. It would only cost billion, billion. 35 billion, sorry. It would only cost 30 billion to combat world hunger meaning the fishing industry is, receives more money for slaughtering our planet than it would take to end world hunger and in the US 1 in 3 wild fish caught imported is caught or imported is caught legally which means when you look at how much 1 in 3 you may be thinking oh it's not that much let's say in 1 hour 300 million fish are imported 100 million are caught illegally. That just shows that these companies are not fishing properly. They're overfishing. And the companies that are supposed to be administering the fishing process are just, they're just slacking. Um, Approximately 24,000 fishery workers die every year in fishery-related jobs. Um, Related to this, in, in in the documentary, they also went to, I believe it was Philippines, Manila, I believe. They, these fishing boats, are like jails they lure they go to these lower income poverty areas in the villages and they recruit these workers and like sort of just lie to them straight to the faces about how great it is and they take them to sea and when they get to sea, they're basically treated like slaves they are forced to do this fishing they're forced to do all the labor work it's almost like a pyramid scheme because the captain of the boat never even steps foot on the ship they're just sitting in a nice office making millions of dollars every day and what are these workers going to do? They can't just jump off the boat because they're going to die. So they're forced to just work their slaves. Now, a lot of people may be thinking, well, there's probably alternatives to what I don't always buy, you know, wild caught fish that you're telling me is bad. I, I buy farm raised fish. Well, this is not good either. So 50% of the world's seafood is farm raised. And this farm raised fish is actually horrendous. It not only for you, so, an interesting fact, I'm just going off, let's say you buy farm-raised salmon, you know how salmon has that nice orange-pinkish, that, that color, it was found in an investigation, again, part of this documentary, that the sellers, of this fish, actually paint the fish that color with edible paint. The actual salmon that's raised in farms is a dull gray color. A lot of the times, the fish have maggots and worms before they're cut up and sold. So anyway, that's just a little insight on in what you may be eating every day. Anyway, each salmon farm in Scotland produces as much organic waste equivalent to a town between 20 and 20, 000, 10 and 20,000 people each year. Each salmon farm in Scotland. Each salmon farm. That's... First of all, they're poisoning you. Second of all, they're poisoning the environment. I mean, how how much worse can it get? Um, up to fifty percent of farmed uh, salmon die from egg to plate. If you don't if you don't understand what that means, they're they were never alive. They just they hatch and they're dead, and they're just selling you fish that was never alive, which can come to, come with a lot of potential health risks. And of course, they're not going to put that on the label because they're just going to get a label saying it was eco friendly. Um, farmed fish can get Um, anemia, lice, infestations, infectious diseases, uh, uh, and heart diseases. Again, it's passing it on to you. uh, As we see, the paint that's actually added to the salmon is called um, astaxanthin. I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong, but that is the paint that is added, and it's not good for you either. Uh, 38% of the mangrove deforestation is caused by shrimp farming. Um, Again, if it's not if it's not for fossil fuels, it's going to be for the sea. Um, and for those people out there that are like, still not confi-like, they're still like, you know what? It's just fish. They're not going to experience any sort of emotion. They're just dumb creatures. Fish can actually experience pain and fear. So, that is what's hard to grasp. If these-okay, if you're fishing properly and killing a fish humanely, like you're. You're you're fishing what you only need and you're just killing a fish humanely. Okay, I understand. But overfishing and these fishing boats, just the amount of fear and pain these fish must be going through is out of the out of this world. Um again, these fish that they fish contain heavy metals, mercury, dioxins, plastic compounds, and PCBs. That's just going back to the effect of plastic and again you're eating this fish, so um just just I hope you know that. And because of this bycatch, uh, the the relocation, it creates dead zones in the ocean where there's just there's no fish, and an ocean without fish is just water. So it kills all the the plant life and everything. There's overpopulation of plankton in these areas, and fish don't actually make omega three fatty acids. It's algae. So if you think you're getting omega three fatty acids when eating a fish, no, you're just getting cancer. Um, Anyway, so, I think that you solve the fuel problem, and you'll have to the bigger problem. I don't see any way to combat the fishing industry, because the companies that are so-called combating it, that are government-administered, by the way. So it's not like the government can intervene, because they are technically already intervening. These government-administered companies are just taking bribes, essentially. So I really don't see any way to solve this this issue of overfishing and the pollution in the sea. Uh, do you see any way potentially of solving it, Zahi?
0: Well, I'm I'm not actually. Well, as you said, it's government. These um, what did you call it? the the people who regulate the um. How legal I guess you could say this fishing thing is is run by the government. So. obviously there's some corruption going Well, you said they take bribes or like just these government people are too lazy
1: it's not bribes but when you look at it in the long run it almost is because any company that applies for a label means these administering companies are going to make automatic money if they just give them a label so they're just giving them a label to get money they're not actually doing their job so essentially it is a bribe literally no it's not a bribe
0: yeah so basically they're just lazy people yes so I think one of the solutions is, obviously this information has to be more wide, more people have to know about it. Um, much like a lot of issues in the world, um, a lot of people don't know about it, so therefore it's less in the media and less people care about it, and it becomes kind of trivial in a sense. So more people need to know about it, first of all. Second of all, some punishment needs to be, um, needs to be imposed on these. Um, corporate, on uh, these corporations. And they need to find non-lazy people or punish the people. I don't know how, you, I don't. when I say punish, I'm not really sure how you're going to punish these people, but you need to somehow get non-lazy people to work in these, um, fac- these um, checking, the people who put the little um, sticker on your food, those kind of people. We need non-lazy people to actually check on the, uh, those kind of things. So I think that's one big solution. But I think mostly to get this started is um, spreading the information, spreading the word, spreading the fact, and getting people to know about it. And then it'll that will automatically put pressure on the corporations. And then they're going to start, maybe they'll start following the rules, uh, even though it means less profit. And of course, most, if not some, will... Um, continue being corrupt in that manner. So you also said something about um, farmed uh, fish is also bad for you. So when how are they actually farming these, these um, fish? Are they putting them in like a, a pond or a pond and then just growing them on their own?
1: So essentially they will have these man-made ponds in, I don't know, rural locations with maybe not the cleanest of water. And they will first—it's just how any breeding will work. They may buy salmon eggs, or let's just use salmon as an example. They might buy salmon eggs, or they might get two wild-caught salmon and let them breed. Essentially, though, because of these horrible conditions of the farms and what they feed the fish—by the way—is ground-up fish that is over—that's—that's that's just overcatch. Overcatch again is is just excess fish that they just put in these horrible conditions. Um, and eventually they just grind it up and make food pills for these food um farm farm fish to eat anyway so yeah these fish keep on breeding and breeding until this whole pond is just crawling with as we said salmon and because they're technically not wild salmon because they're just they're farm salmon well as we said their flesh is just a dull gray and they'll have worms and maggots in the flesh before the salmons are killed a lot of them are caught with half of their body like eaten out by parasites, and you can just see their gray flesh, but the companies just the farm the farmers or whatever they just cut the parts of the flesh out and they paint them and they sell them so yeah, it's just really deceiving uh did you have anything to say because I have another question for you?
0: Yeah, so one thing is, how are we gonna get these? people who do not believe in these facts to start getting them to believe in the facts. Because right now, the world, a lot of people don't believe in hardcore facts. And if we can't have people believe in the facts, then how are we going to progress? And I think that's what people, activists like um, Greta Thunberg, they're trying to do. But they're also, I feel like they're not getting the, they're somehow, something's not clicking. And without, like I said, without all the people agreeing on the simple facts, the basic foundation, um, we cannot progress correctly, or fast enough, rather. So how do you think we, we should get people to agree on these basic things that need to be agreed on to progress? Well,
1: I'll just start off by saying for this whole sea matter, I, I really recommend watching Sea Spiracy on Netflix, but for overall people that don't believe in pollution, I really don't see any way to help them, because the entire world's worth of education is right at their fingertips, and they're still choosing not to acknowledge it, I mean, that just shows that there's no saving them. I mean, believe they can believe what they want, I don't care what you believe, but... There's are certain things that you just have to agree on because, yeah, you may not see your kids may not see it, your kids' kids may not see it. But eventually, humans will see all these devastating effects and it Earth will just go to absolute waste. Um, so I really don't see any way. If we're in the 21st century and things are not getting better, I really don't see any way that people are going to start waking up and clicking. I you can't even blame this on the industries completely because the industries aren't brainwashing these people. I mean they are to an extent, but they're not. These people always have the choice to just go educate themselves. They're not. So to a certain point, it's just it's just incompetence from the people. It's a and it's not just W. It's a vast majority of the world. I don't know if it's a majority. Sorry, but it's a lot of people. And so I just really don't see any way to help them. Uh, do you have a way?
0: Possible. Obviously, I think media, I mean, I don't know. It's different in different countries because you have countries like China versus the United States. You have communist countries where the government control the corporations and the um, media. I mean, you have North Korea, for example. So I think we really need to somehow spread this information. I think a problem with it is like TikTok, for example. There's so many creators, so many of them posting whatever the hell they want. And most of the time, actually I shouldn't say most, but some of the time, it's just false information. And TikTok, it's a short little, it's an app where people post these short little videos. So generally when people are on TikTok, they're just scrolling through it. And they're too lazy to actually fact check what the person has said on TikTok. So they'll listen to like a 10 second clip or like a 15 second clip of some guy saying that global warming is just some liberal made up garbage. And then they're like, okay, and then they absorb that information and they're too lazy to exit the app and go fact check it and look at the actual sources. And I think that's where it basically comes down to. Now someone might say that the solution for that is to regulate everything someone sees in the country, regulate what they see on TikTok, which is kind of what China and those kind of countries do, like Russia also does that. And they do it for wrong things, mostly wrong things as well, such as like listening to, um, to such as listening to something that goes against the government um, policy or opinion rather. So I think, I'm not saying that we have to regulate that kind of stuff, but we have to deeply encourage people to fact-check whatever they hear. And the more well-read you are, the more you read actual literature and actual fact-based things, the more educated you're going to be. And you can point out garbage when you, you'll be able to point out garbage when you see it. But if you're just looking at the garbage, you're never going to get out of that. And I think it is important, like what you mentioned, is that you, your children or your grandchildren or your children's grandchildren, they may not see the effects of these kind of global warming, pollution, and many other world hunger and a lot of other problems. Um, sorry about that. The mic kind of went static, but over time, over many generations and decades and centuries, these problems are going to manifest themselves and it's just going to get worse and worse and once things get worse it's hard to correct them and it's already pretty bad now so it's obviously going to be hard to correct them or reduce them we should it's better to start now than uh, later and to those people who still don't believe in um, global warming for example i would say to them okay let's say you don't believe it you you just why believe it? I, I just don't believe it. it. Let's say that people are saying that. To them, I say, well, why don't you just act as act as if it is um, real, and then act upon that, just in case that it is real. Even though we know it's real, but you don't you don't care to believe that it's real. Act. Why don't you just act as as if it is real, so that just in case it is. So why not us humans act as if global change is uh, global climate. Um, climate change or rather global warming is real why not we just act as if it is then just deny it and then even though it is real I have to make that very clear because some people just don't understand so why (laughs) so (laughs) so why not just act as if it is real is basically what I'm saying what do you have to lose by acting as if uh, as if it is real Yeah. So you had a question for me you said
1: yeah, I was, I was just going to ask you how you think you could you could diagnose the issue of these people who don't refuse to um, accept it. But you pretty much answered it. I would also say there's no other way but just telling them to just act if it was real. Just be precautious. So that'll wrap it up on this episode of FMB Podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, so basically the take-home message is that Try to educate people who do not believe in facts and also global warming um, is real for those of you who still do not believe it uh, don't believe it i don't know what to say to you just act as if it is real i guess but yeah so the take-home message is: keep spreading the um, information the good information not misinformation and we as a civilization and community and society will eventually get there so yeah, I think that wraps it up for this episode. We hope, uh, we hope you join us next time.